Welcome to Embody You Podcast, and this is your host, Artemis Rose. Here on Embody You Podcast, you will find conversations around all things embodiment, connection, joy, authenticity, creativity, and soul-centered living. Pretty much anything that supports you living as your highest, honest, and fullest expression of you as your authentic self. It is my intention that these conversations will spark a little flame in you to help you feel a bit more connected, a bit more understood, a bit more empowered, and a bit more you. After each podcast, you can feel free to send me questions or comments at embodyyouhome at gmail.com and please like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Reviews are welcomed. Hi, everybody. So uh, before we jump in on the actual conversation with Sarah Narod, I wanted to introduce this special being. She is such a heart-centered being, and it's such an honor to have her on today. Sarah Narod is a certified professional coach trained in mindfulness-based stress reduction, trauma-informed care, and psychoeducation group facilitation. Her work is to support mindful leaders and rising women, empowering clients to break through barriers to heal, to build growth, and expand into their greatest vision, teaching powerful tools to take them and their organizations forward. Weaving her training in Eastern wisdom mindfulness practices together with modern-day neuroscience, psychology, counseling, and leadership coaching strategy, Sarah's support is truly transformational. Sarah has a special gift for you. Uh, a free guided empowerment practice when you sign up for her inner circle newsletter. You can visit her at www. So that's three W's dot Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Norad, N-O-R-R-A-D dot com to claim your free gift. And I really hope you enjoy this episode on healing anxious attachment. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Embody You Podcast. And this is Artemis Rose. And I'm really excited today because I have a special guest, which I already, you know, gave the, the lengthy bio prior prior to this clip, but um, I still want to give her a formal introduction because I really, <laughs> I really love Sarah. I mean, I've before even um, coming on right now to connect with her, my soul, it was like my body, <laughs> my soul is just like lit up. Um, I've known Sarah just through online for a couple of years. And I really love, I love the essence of who she is. She, she's really the embodiment of, of authenticity. And you can just feel her through even her work online, her soul signature, her energetic frequency. Uh, so I'm really excited to finally bring her on today. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Artemis. Oh, you almost made me cry. That was so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, we are going to talk about healing anxious attachment. So I'm really excited about this topic. So let's first start off with why, why this, why did you choose this topic? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'd like to uh, bring up and share on topics that I feel are most useful and relevant for the time that we're living in. And because I've been working with people for years, it really does seem that um, things come up in patterns. And, um, you know, in the last, I would say, year, this 
topic, anxious attachment has just come more and more on my radar with clients. And so I've been working on it more and more with clients. And then I've really been thinking, you know, and noticing how anxious attachment or um, the attachment theory actually relates to every single sector of our lives. It's not just about us in relationship with a romantic partner. It's a, actually, or our parents, you know, where it was early formed, it's actually about how we relate to everything. So it actually has an incredible impact on our well-being, our performance, our health, and our relationships. So I think it's kind of a, uh, an amazing topic to start to bring more education and awareness around. I really love that distinction that you make, how it's not just about our early caregivers or about a relationship, but it's about our relationship to our whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious then piggybacking off of that. So what do you, what would that, what would that look like then? Um, when, cause I mean, Listeners, well, actually, let me slow down. Why don't we first, uh, I would love for you to describe maybe what anxious attachment is. Let's just start there. Absolutely. So, you know, our, the, the theory is that our attachment styles are formed when we're really young and they're formed with our primary caregiver. So the person who is around us the most and supporting us in surviving and uh, living. So we create an attachment style with them, a primary attachment style. Um, and it is dependent on um, how um, a parent parents us or how a guardian parents us. So with individuals um, with an attachment um, style like anxious attachment, um, it's often because we couldn't um, have a secure um, bond with our parent all the time. This could be due to a parent having mental health issues, addiction, um, other things that they were needing to focus on, so that there wasn't a strong uh, feeling of security and that I have access to the means I need to survive. So this anxiety, this an anxious attachment starts to form with the parent. And, and there's different styles of attachment, but um, I specifically wanted to talk about the anxious attached style today. Um, and what our goal is when we're working with attachment theory is we all would like to become securely attached. We would, instead of being in an insecure attachment style, which anxious attachment is considered that, as well as avoidant attachment styles too, um, we want to come back to a secure attached style, which means that we feel okay and the other person feels okay. So I love this um, mantra that I was taught a while back around um, what it feels like to be securely attached. And the mantra is, I'm okay and you're okay. So when we are in our anxious attachment style, the feeling is that I'm not okay and you're okay. So it creates this um, anxiety and this kind of feeling of powerlessness and victimhood and low self-esteem. 
So that's the challenge of anxious attachment is it is an insecure feeling um, where we experience um, anxiety um, with significant others in our lives. Um, and this can also obviously play out in the workplace in our interactions with other people. And it can play out even just in our own patterns with ourselves. It's hard for us to relax. It's hard for us to be in flow. It's hard for us to trust. So that's a little bit about anxious attachment. Do you have any questions about that? Well, I think that was a beautiful, a beautiful summary. I loved the, the introduction around attachment theory and the different types. And I like that you said, you simplified it with, um, I'm not okay, but you're okay. Um, I am curious, I am curious. Uh, so what would the behaviors look like typically for an anxious attachment in relationships? Mm-hmm. Right. So, and it's important to remember that we have, you know, access to all the different attachment styles in us. So even if we are, are demonstrating um, anxious attachment, we can also um, change and become securely attached too. And often we bounce back and forth between, you know, anxious attached, avoidant, secure, depending on how we're triggered. So anxious attachment um, would show up as feeling clingy, of um, being overly fearful. Um, it's kind of significant that, it, that we are in often the sympathetic um, state of our nervous system where we are seeing um, danger. So we would be highly critical also. Um, we would probably have a uh, looping pattern thoughts. So we get stuck in the thought pattern over and over again. How we can notice it in the body is that uh, we aren't breathing deeply. So we would probably notice a good sign, you know, is that our heart rate is a little bit raised. So I like to think of, um, if you see a, a, a bunny, and they're on high alert and you can see their chest is, is really thumping up and down and their, and their ears are perked up on edge. So that was kind of the feeling of being in the anxious attached state. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, I love that you shared that. And I also loved that you normalized the swinging of the pendulum depending on what triggers that you could be avoidant or you can still be secure or you can, yeah. Or the disorganized, I know the disorganized attachment is like both, right. That sometimes it's generally defined as like anxious avoidant. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So it, sorry. sorry. It really, and it, and it can often depend on the partner or the person that we're with too. The wonderful thing about attachment styles is that they're always trying to balance each other out. So we wanna give us kind of a pat on the back for always trying to find balance and trying to find our equilibrium because these, uh, uh, these attachment styles are survival methods and they were originally a really strong survival method, right? If you had a parent when you were young who maybe struggled with a lot of depression, 
staying close to that parent, you know, being anxious about them getting out of bed, about them getting food to eat, whatever it is, was actually really important then, probably very pinnacle to one's survival. But then as we get older, if we still have that pattern, um, it becomes a little toxic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious how, um, how does it show up then in like one's, well, I guess, yeah, you mentioned the workplace. I'm curious about the workplace. You mentioned, you already kind of shared about how, how it shows up in relationships. So what would being in the workplace look like with an anxious attachment? Hmm. Yeah. So you can think about, I mean, obviously everyone's workplace is a little bit different, But let's imagine, uh, for example, this is a good one, is emails. So the need to respond to an email immediately. Mm. That could be be how your anxious anxiety is showing up. Not being able to, not give yourself the time to check in, sit back, come out of the kind of fight flight of the anxiety. because there is this fear that I must respond right away. I must be available by overly available. So that's another sign of anxious attachment is being overly available. So people don't leave us because there's this fear. So that can show up in the, in the workplace too, where we take on way too much stuff and we say yes right away, instead of taking time to connect with ourselves and really tune into what's appropriate and what's not and um, being able to set boundaries. So, I mean, so often it's a wiser choice to receive an email if it's, you know, a complex one that needs a little bit more mm, strategy to respond to, step back, wait, think it over, process, and then send the email later that day, right? But if we're in our anxious attachment mode, we're going to feel this compulsion, this kind of neurosis to respond right away and that it's not okay to just let it be. I love it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I have, I have a lot of clients who struggle with that and we kind of work around to that. And I think it's so relatable as an example. So I'm really grateful that you brought that, that example up. Good. good. Yeah. So Okay. So I'm curious, how then do you work with clients around anxious attachment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there's, you know, there's many ways and models to work with it. Um, But the main goal that we want to keep in mind is that we want to move into a place of secure attachment and that we all have the capability to do that inside of us. So one of the things that I love to take clients through is finding secure anchors um, in in themselves and finding secure anchors even in their childhood. So um, if we've had a challenging childhood, sometimes we forget that there was also times where we were very secure and we were very... um, courageous and we were very strong. So when we can go back and access those times of strength and those feelings of strength, we remember that actually we do have access to that securely attached person inside of us. And it kind of becomes an anchor for that. So there's always with healing anxious attachment, there's always um, 
a part of, uh, there's a little bit of inner child healing that we usually do too, because it's reclaiming this version of self as um, secure, as confident, as strong, because that's the one that we want to get to in the present moment. So I like to just kind of for ease of something like a podcast or, or a talk or um, an exercise outline kind of three basic steps for um, healing anxious attachment. Uh, three steps would be, number one would be mindfulness. So bringing mindfulness in and I'll go in and kind of explain each one a little bit more. And then two, acceptance, and then three, boundaries. So um, mindfulness, so means becoming aware of something, right? Becoming mindful of the anxiety and the patterns of anxious attachment and how they show up. So first we have to learn and become aware of how this acts up for us and when it acts up for us so that then we can work on changing the pattern. If we leave it, if we leave the pattern in an unconscious place, we really have no luck at changing it. So we have to bring with mindfulness this pattern into light, how it's played out for us today and how it's probably played out for us in our past um, dealings as well. So that's an important part. Um, and in mindfulness too, there's a lot of learning around um, our nervous system. So when we are in an anxious attached um, state or triggered into that state, we're often in the sympathetic um, part of our nervous system, autonomic nervous system. And we are in fight, flight, or freeze, and we're looking for danger. So noting that, how do we, with mindfulness, get ourselves back to a more regulated state? Um, because secure attachment is a feeling of safety and connection, which I'm going to talk about the kind of the polyvagal theory for a minute of the nervous system. So if we pop into the polyvagal theory, we want to be in the ventral vagal state, which is the state of social engagement, uh, which is a place where we feel grounded, where we feel connected, where we are, are supported to be in our genius, where we can digest and heal. Um, so we want to um, build mindfulness and awareness around these different states in our nervous system and how we can navigate through them. And then, so, the, so step one, mindfulness. Um, step two, acceptance. So if we aren't accepting that this is a pattern that comes up for us, um, then we're, we're fighting against it. And we're not able to understand ourselves and our world very well. So we want to be able to accept that, that when we're in times of stress, conflict, discomfort, that, that this style of attachment, the survival style will come up for us. So um, we can begin to name it. Oh, you know, I'm having looping thoughts. Oh, I'm, you know, sweating a lot. Okay, I'm, you know, my anxious attachment is triggered. Oh, that person canceled on you know, our hangout today. And I've just gone down a dark spiral. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, the anxious attachment is showing up. Oh, I'm thinking that everyone hates me now. Whatever, you know, it is that we can notice is just accepting that it's, that it's here. And then the third step is to work on creating boundaries um, within ourselves to change this pattern. So the wonderful thing about attachment styles is that they, they can be shifted, that we can learn how to move out of anxious attachment. We can learn how to move out of avoidant or disorganized and back to securely attached. And just like most things, you know, it's, a, it's, it's um, creating the habit of doing so. So creating the pattern of doing so. Um, so one of the things that helps is reparenting ourselves and creating strong um, inner boundaries that we notice when you know our neurotic thoughts or worries are arising and we make a clear inner no and we make a clear inner yes to start choosing a different pattern of perhaps nourishing or soothing or mm, getting ourselves into our bodies. So anything that's going to shift that old pattern of anxious attachment back into a more secure place and really leaning into the fact that we're going to need to have strong boundaries and agreements in place with ourselves to do so. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you so much for that. I, it was very clear. I loved how you laid out yeah, each of these three steps. And I'm curious mm -hmm. about the acceptance piece. Mm -hmm. What, I mean, yeah, you have to be an acceptance of a pattern or to, to recognize it in order for you to be able to make the change or switch and care for yourself back to the secure attachment. What have you found though, that gets in the way of acceptance? Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, well, you know, I think there, there's probably many answers to that, but shame, definitely. Um, shame and denial that, that, you know, I don't have this pattern that, um, that fear around admitting, right? The shame is this fear around admitting that, that I have this pattern or that I had this challenge in childhood. So it can be do deeply rooted why why we might not want to accept that this is happening um it can also show up you know in a more concrete way as blame blaming it on other people um around uh, how would it so you could blame it on your partner all the time you know if they were just more perfect or if or if this person at work was you know, never talk to me in that way. If this and this, if my world, you know, was always balanced, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be acting like this. So it's not nothing to do with me. You know, it's just the fact that these exterior things are happening. Mm -hmm. So when we kind of shift the and start to blame everything else besides taking accountability for the fact that, oh, I have this, I'm going into my anxious attachment pattern. 
I can work with this, you know, and, and this is, this is my work instead of blaming it on other people, you know, maybe we're still upset um, about what happened in childhood, why there wasn't more secure attachment there and bonding. Um, that could be part of it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely the shame and the denial and the blame mm -hmm. for sure, because it can either go, yeah, putting the blame so externally focused or the shame of kind of collapsing your energy and, and being so hard on yourself that you shut down and disconnect from yourself even further. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, and then going in and then you could just go into collapse instead of being able to work with the pattern. It's a way of avoiding that it's there. Mm -hmm. I'm curious then when it comes to, um, what, what, so what does it begin to look like? I know, I mean, we can go in the, the realm of relationships, but what, what does it begin to look like when you begin to, I guess, shift more into a secure attachment um, and make requests of your needs, like uh, versus like an anxious attachment in, in, um, in a relationship? because I know there's the, the, you know, parenting, it's our responsibility to parent our inner child and to take care of our needs. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, um, how it's how, I guess, how does relating or partnering begin to look different as a secure attachment versus an anxious attachment? Yeah, beautiful question. Um, so we do need some things, you know, to be met in order to be securely attached. We're not just going to be securely attached all the time with, you know, the worst partner in the world. So, you know, we need to have safety in a relationship. So a securely attached relationship is going to feel safe. Primarily, we need to feel emotionally safe, um, and we need to feel seen. So you need to feel like you are seen by your partner and that you are understood for the most part. Um, and then we need to feel like um, we are soothed. So we need to be able to bounce back and forth when our partner you know, is upset, being able to comfort, empathize, soothe. And we also need to be able to be comfort empathized with and soothe. And then we also, you know, need to be supported and challenged. So one thing that's, that's really beautiful about securely attached relationships is that there's the confidence there to challenge each other. So you believe, you know, you believe in one another and you have each other's back, but there's also this edge of urging each other towards you know, a greater growth. So in a securely attached relationship, we might ask each other kind of harder questions. We might um, look at each other's patterns. You know, we might not say yes all the time, probably won't say yes all the time. So there's boundaries there that are created. Whereas if we're, you know, in a relationship and say it's an anxious and an avoidant person, um, there's not going to be um, primarily a feeling of safety. There's going to be uh, um, 
a dysregulated feeling of being seen as well. You know, the partner's going, you're going to see each other when you're really bonded, but then when either goes into their anxious or their um, avoidant, um, that we're going to each take on patterns that make it really hard to see each other. Um, and the soothing piece is, is so important. When, when we haven't done work with our attachment styles, often they can take over too much so that we can't even get out of our own stuff enough to soothe and be there with our partners. And we feel afraid to challenge our partners because we're either scared they're going to leave us if we challenge them, or we we're afraid that if we challenge them and they grow too much, they won't be a fit for us anymore. So those can be some of the differences. Yeah, thank you for, your, for clarifying that. That was really easy to, to follow. And I think, because I, I had a, another guest on the previous podcast, we were talking how majority of the clients that she sees, she also works around their anxious attachment. But what she notices with some with majority of these women is that they they've internalized still so much of the shame where they're not owning their needs and the connection so kind of how you brought up like how a secure attachment it's okay to still um need that safety right um from the other partner and the attunement and the co-regulation because in this other uh in this other discussion that I had with the woman, it got to the point where these women didn't need to work on their anxious attachment anymore. They needed to own more of um, their, uh, what do you call it? Their needs, like for a partner that will be able to meet them in the way that they needed because they were shaming so much of um, their attachment, if I'm making sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, well, that is another kind of, that's a downside to also labeling things too, right? If people get too much into, oh, I'm anxiously attached. Oh, I'm avoidant. Then also we become afraid of expressing our needs because then we can kind of gaslight our own selves or gaslight each other by saying, oh, that's too anxious, right? Or that's an avoidant trait. Yeah. But, and that, that is the danger of, you know, diagnosing and labeling things too. Um, so I really like to stress, like, we're just working towards secure attachment, you know, and, and welcome, you know, and what's welcome when you're securely attached is authenticity. Mm -hmm. so, that, so, you know, that's the thing that I really like to stress is that as we let go of these layers, you know, of styles and habits and survival patterns that aren't really true to us anymore, we be get to become our authentic selves again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the neurosis, we become a little more free from our neurosis. So that could look like really actually learning to express your authentic needs and own them and lean into your dreams and desires. Cause maybe that's felt way too scary to put on the table from the get-go before, or maybe we were conditioned, you know, to play nice 
or, you know, don't bring up things too quickly in a relationship or whatever the conditioning is, those things often actually don't serve us in the end. What does serve us is, is learning how to be our authentic selves, which is, you know, underneath all these layers and strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love how you highlighted that when we become more secure, secure with ourselves, it does begin to create that spaciousness for us to actually be authentic and create, create our life because we're not expending all this energy around our neurosis and around issues and conflict and all that stuff that just kind of distracts us from our connection with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're no longer really afraid of, you know, loss or of being alone or, you know, even though maybe we don't want to be alone or we don't want to people to turn away from us, that's not driving the ship anymore. That's not, you know, that's not the driving factor around how we need to behave to keep all these people, to keep everything flowing. But actually, you know, we, to enjoy our lives, we need to behave like ourselves and embrace that and, and be okay with being able to let go of things too, if they're not aligned with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of that clarity emerges from exactly what you've been talking about is the secure attachment, because if you're dysregulated, you're not really connecting with really your felt sense because the dysregulation is really taking over. So that's why it's so important. Like I loved how you use the example with the emails, because it's like, I tell clients, check in with yourself. Like, how are you, you know, are you if you're dysregulated, that's when you have to pause and put, you know, say no, or I'll get back to you. Right. Because it's so easy to, um, automatically, yeah. Act from the, the people pleasing, um, or to even still confuse your feelings with the dysregulation that you're, you're showing up, you know, authentically when you're dysregulated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and I think that, that, also speaks to, you know, becoming mindful of like the step number one in healing, you know, anxious attachment is becoming mindful of how we show up when we're anxiously attached, which could mean that, uh, you know, becoming aware of when we're kind of sabotaging things and relationships from, because we're seeing everything through this unregulated, you know, through our sympathetic nervous system or through our dorsal vagal, you know, which is the kind of the oldest part of um, our nervous system, which is helps us just shut down, you know, the kind of the play dead mode where everything feels hopeless and in despair. So if we're in that state and we're trying to build or see someone we're in a relationship, clearly it's really hard. <laughs> Oh yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the control, the controlling patterns can come in, right? Because (laughs) we're able to surrender more when we are in this secure state, right? Because we have that clarity, we're in connection with ourselves. But when we're in these triggers and these patterns of these uh, attachment styles, whether it's disorganized, avoidant, whatever, we are essentially yeah, we're so stuck in the mud that we can't see clearly where we could possibly be projecting or blaming or shaming. And then 
that's where we can really get into trying to control, control the other person, control our circumstances. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And normally, you know, we're often in that state too. We're, we're in a big old amygdala hijack, you know, where the, the kind of lower part of our brain takes over and everything seems like a danger, right? We're looking for danger. We're looking for crisis. We're looking for conflict. We're looking for, for things that aren't safe. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really hard to access, you know, our higher cognitive processes and even our body functions that help us regulate when we're in that state. And I know for me, one of, one of the, the biggest things that I've had to work on, you know, um, is being okay with people changing plans. Mm -hmm. You know, it still triggers me. (laughs) And, you know, when I kind of get really deep about that, I realize, oh, that's from when I was really, really young you know, and, and so this, this fear that arises for me is that, you know, is that I'm being abandoned, that no one cares about me, you know, that no one's there for me. And, and as I build a more kind of resilience, resilient ability to stay securely attached, it's so freeing to have the experience of not being triggered by that as much anymore. You know, every once in a while, if I'm run down, if I've had a lot of stress in the week, if I haven't had enough sleep or haven't eaten properly, it'll still trigger me. But, you know, noticing that it triggers me way less and that I can be actually supportive of people when they change their plans, it's an amazing freedom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love the, the part that you just shared at the end that even though you're triggered, you can notice it and still show up in a way that's supportive towards others, because that's what the secure attachment begins to look like, right? Instead of when we're, we're triggered, we kind of get in our own stuff that it makes it difficult maybe for us to show up in our connections from a, a loving place. Absolutely. Yeah. It becomes all about us, right? You we become that little child and very, very self-centered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I love this conversation it's been really good what uh so what do you typically see in the clients that you work with like the biggest challenge biggest challenges when you are trying to address their uh their anxious attachment Hmm. well the beautiful thing about most people who want to work on um, their attachment styles, usually they've done a lot of work prior to this. Um, Because often, from what I notice, is that it is kind of the layer underneath a lot of other layers. So because there's so much accountability when you're working with your attachment style, because you're choosing to not blame it as much on your environment and choosing to empower your own pattern of dealing with the world. So um, I don't know that there's, it's so interesting to ask that question. I don't know that there is a challenge because I find that so often people that come to me wanting to work on this are really ready and really open because they've suffered so much from these patterns, right? It's ruined relationships. It's ruined um, their connections with people, their connections with work. It's, 
really challenge their nervous system and often leads to burnout. So mm -hmm. I find that really often by the time people find me and start to work on this, they're, they're really ready and excited about it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So then I would love for you to share what are some offerings that are ways for listeners if they're wanting to, um, yeah, work with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have a specific intake for people who are working on um, healing their attachment style. So um, there is anywhere from a one month deep dive to a three month um, intensive that I offer for one on one work. Um, I always work with people one on one um, when they're working with their attachment styles. Uh, and you can find that through my website at www.saranora.com. Um, and there's an option there to connect with me, to send me an email, or to also even um, have a free consult so we can connect and see if we're a good fit for each other. Um, so you can find that right through my website and all the packages are listed on there too. Beautiful. So I do have, before we, we wrap up, I have two more questions. Mm -hmm. One is, so you mentioned that you work with other attachment styles too. So if somebody wanted to come to you, they had more, I mean, we fluctuate, I feel like what you said, depending on the triggers, but so if somebody had avoidant, you also work with the avoidant attachment also? Absolutely. You know, and, and I think the thing to really note is that what we're really working at is creating a securely attached state for the client. Mm -hmm. So, so that means that it, it's, it, it really matters not, you know, what your primary attachment style is, but more matters that we are, we are bringing the client into a securely attached state and learning the tools, um, exercises and self-regulation to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love how you distinguished that and brought it back to the secure attachment, because I think we can get caught up like in trying to label or box in, mm -hmm. um, you know, where, where you fit in where one fits in. Right. Um, I, so what do you, what differences do you notice though, between clients that you work with around the anxious attachment versus the avoidant attachment? Oh, well, not as many avoidant attached people come to coaching or counseling. <laughs> so that's one off the bat. It's kind of hard to get an avoidant person in the door. So, uh, <laughs> so you do see less of those people, you know, and, and with avoidant people, it, it can also be, um, more, you have to do a little bit more convincing, and, and, but with all of the attachment styles, it's, it's creating a feeling of safety and containment um, within the relationship with the client practitioner relationship and the container that we're holding, right? Because in that sense, we are kind of creating and, and replicating the securely attached connection that should have happened when that person or that would have been the best thing to happen when that person was young with their guardian. Mm -hmm. So, so um, does that answer your question? I kind of went yeah. off tangent, I feel like. Yeah, that was kind of an added question because I just got curious towards the end. Okay, yeah. so what, 
what is something you would love to leave listeners with? It could be, yeah, it could be anything. Mm. Yeah, I would love to leave listeners with the um, knowledge and the faith that if they're struggling with um, an attachment style that is insecure and not serving them, that it is very possible to shift that. And that, you know, we don't have to be a victim of our attachment styles, that we can learn how to be securely attached. And gosh darn, it feels really, really good to learn how to do that too. Beautiful. Well, I really appreciated you coming on, Sarah. I think this is once again, a topic that many listeners are able to relate to. I know me, you know, cause I definitely have swung on the pendulum, you know, and I still can, depending on what I do get triggered by, you know, but the freedom and being able to access the safety in the secure attachment. And I loved how you stressed about, you know, we don't have to be in a relationship for that because that's something I haven't been in a relationship for like six years. Mm -hmm. And yet I've still been able to, you know, through support, obviously continue. um, Yeah. Continuing that deepening that connection to myself. So I really love that you stressed that because I think we do, we can get very fixated on um, around this topic and relating it uh, to just relationships instead of just relationship in general with ourselves and just our world in general. Absolutely. You know, I look at it as a way to come home, you know, to peace within ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing goal to get to. And, you know, one that of course will pop in and out of, we're not always going to be, you know, at peace and enjoy, but the more securely attached we can get within, you know, we're always parenting ourselves, right? We're always having these internal relationships. So, So in that way, um, you know, we can always be practicing creating a securely attached bond with ourselves through checking in, through, you know, containment, through boundaries, through mindfulness, you know, through choosing to be authentic with our experience. Beautiful. Well, I think we're going to wrap up right here because that was a beautiful summary. I felt like you summarized at the end, just everything that we were talking about. Thank you once again. And for listeners, uh, check out the bio of this podcast. I'll, I'll be posting her website. Um, definitely follow her on Instagram. And I just, once again, Sarah, thank you so much for, for joining me today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to get to speak to you in real time. (laughs) Thank you.